What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Canes Insight Podcast brought to you by Caneswear. I am here in the Miami Beach studios. Pete is sick, so we're out of the big studio. My wife is at some fancy dinner. I'm stuck with all three kids, so I'm locked up in this room. You know, my son's watching Royal Rumbles. My kids, other kids are chasing each other. So, you know, this is the best we can do. It's emergency. We're in the bunker. It is recruiting season. Miami got a couple new commits. Transfer portal is smoking. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. We're bringing on Coach Corey Grimes. He saw Joshua Horton, uh, Miami's newest defensive tackle commit on Friday. He's going to break down his game, some of the things he saw from a coach perspective. Really excited about what he saw with him. Thinks he's a big-time player. And I think you guys will like what he has to say about Miami's newest defensive tackle commit. And uh, we'll do Q and A. We're gonna really just break it down here in the in the heat of recruiting and transfer portal season. Uh, you know, this is our peak at Canes Insight. So if you want to advertise with the Canes Insight podcast or on canesinsight.com or on our social media, send an email to canesinsight at gmail.com and we'll take care of you. Uh, it is the time to do it, no question about it. Uh, and remember to like and subscribe to this podcast and uh, check us out on social media, man. Canes on Insight Instagram. We're all over the place. All right. Plugs out. News is just coming faster than I can keep up with. Uh, the portal is cooking. Uh, Miami has had a lot going out, not a lot going back in yet, but that's what the next few weeks are for. Uh, let's start with the commits. Let's start with some some good news and some additions. Uh, Joshua Horton, a defensive tackle out of the Atlanta area, uh, Langston Hughes High School, which is a loaded, loaded high school program. Uh, he is you know, 6'4", 6'5", 280. Uh, he's someone that has grown a lot physically in the last year, rated as a three-star prospect, was committed to the University of North Carolina, flipped that to Miami. You watch the film. This is not a three-star talent. Um, this is a guy who had a growth spurt, really was more of a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid, and then his body just continued to develop. You look at him, he still looks like a baby face at 6'5", 280, and his film is as good as you'll see Um at the defensive tackle position, over 100 tackles, extremely productive on a good team. You got people out there in Georgia that are not Miami fans begging Georgia to offer this guy. I know Miami has some, I don't say concerns, but Miami's monitoring that to make sure they can hold him down because when Georgia puts the heat on, you know, they're going to have to fight him off because this guy's rising quickly. Um, again, was committed to North Carolina. Miami really coveted him. You heard about this on the Kansas Inside podcast, you know, a couple months ago, that this was a name that they were targeting. And the more he's played and the more he's produced as a senior, the more they've liked him. Um, he's someone that is still going to grow, but probably more if you're penetrating defensive tackle, but with length. You know, Miami's tired of taking these guys that don't have the body types to compete at that college football playoff level. This is a guy with the body type. He's grown into that body, has the athleticism, and has extraordinary production in the backfield. Uh, very, very exciting prospect and someone I know they were high on. He's not a backup plan. He is a he was a major league priority. He's a very good kid, very good student, and uh, they're really happy to have Joshua Horton, and though they're going to hold on to him tight. Uh, to keep him away from SEC because this guy is very, very talented uh, at a position that they could use some help in. Brandon Dorless, uh from Deerfield Beach, a guy that made all-conference twice for Oregon. See some similarities there just in terms of body type. This guy's probably a little bigger, but the ability to get in the backfield, very, very similar. Uh, Mario has evaluated some big-time defensive tackles uh, at previous stops. This is another one. Miami also got a commit, another commit from that Atlanta area, Marcellius Pulliam. Uh, from Sandy Creek. This is a linebacker, another three-star. Um, 
I think the story with this one is it tells you what Miami thinks of its linebacker room because my understanding, so speaking of folks directly involved, this is not a replacement, for example, for Stanquan Clark, the linebacker from Central that Miami has a lot of interest in. Miami will still take Clark. Uh, Marcellius Pulliam is a, a take independently. Uh, Miami's still going to work the portal as well on linebacker, but they just feel that this linebacker room needs significant help and needs to look the part. You see Miami take a Deshaun Troutman, who's no longer with the program, really built like a, a safety, you know, 5'10", light. Um, Corey Flag a little heavier, but still 5'10", 5'11", didn't really look the part, although he's a smart, you know, productive player. Miami wants to reshape that room with guys that look like what you see at the college football playoff. Uh, Pulliam, six foot three. He's going to be in that 230 range. Uh, some people think he might even grow to an edge, but he's been very productive at linebacker. Uh, somebody who's who's probably, you know, look at his highlights. You say, all right, big guy, a little stiff, some movement issues, not necessarily the greatest athlete, uh, but he's someone whose reputation for just play to play, being extremely tough, extremely physical, and playing past the whistle with a little bit of that nasty edge. I think what this signing tells the tells you about what Miami's doing is they want to look better. They want more size. They want more body types of linebacker. They want to really change the way that room looks and, uh, and add someone who can help them on special teams who can just bring a physical presence with that toughness that they need uh, so they can stop being so, uh, you know, really not big time at linebacker from a physical perspective. They want to look like a college football team, college football playoff team, at that linebacker position. That's something that Miami has been missing. So that's kind of the backstory of the Pulliam pickup. It tells you what Miami thinks of its linebacker room. Miami is not done at linebacker. They will aggressively pursue Stanquan Clark. Louisville's coach just left. That's where he's committed. So he's going to be fair game. Uh, again, very speedy player, different than Pulliam in terms of his speed and athleticism, but someone that has some size and they're going to pursue him very, very aggressively, a four-star out of Miami Central and the portal. I'd expect at least one very big time addition at linebacker. Um, so keep your eye on that to see if who Miami has, but they're looking at a premium talent similar to what Miami to a crystal ball had at Oregon. That's not a Justin flow clue, clue or anything like that, but I think you'd expect to see a, a talent added to that linebacker room, similar to what Mario had at Oregon with the ability to intercept the ball and move with it to blitz the blitz, the quarterback, and, and just play with athleticism and physicality as a complete linebacker that Miami has been lacking. I think you'll see that in the portal uh, from the Miami Hurricanes. All right, now, speaking of the portal, Miami's been sending them out, not necessarily bringing them in. I said that the number was probably about 35 total additions to the team. Uh, you're seeing the class expand, the recruiting class with guys like Pulliam being added, maybe adding to the total numbers that were allotted, uh, and how you make it all fit you're going to have guys leaving. And that's what's been happening with the transfer portal. Uh, the names have been coming hot and heavy. So I just pulled up a list here and I want to go through everybody that is left uh, to, to understand what we've lost here. Uh, starting with Romello Brinson. He just announced right before we started cutting this podcast. Um, talented guy did not work as hard as some of the other guys in that room. Um really never met his potential with the length and the athleticism he had. I, I said in, in camp, this guy has a different level of twitch and separation from the other guys, but the the, the effort and the work wasn't there. Uh, you saw attempts to get him involved, didn't really do too much, had a nice play in the Pittsburgh game, but really uh, a d disappointing 
uh, Miami career. He's still young. He can still turn around. But I think with that one, you're looking at perhaps if he worked like Colby Young or Restrepo or Redding, I think we'd be having a different conversation uh, with Romello Brinson, but still very talented, still very young, a lot there. Uh, Jordan Miller leaving as a graduate transfer. I think he just wants more playing time. He'd been upset with playing time in the past in his Miami career. Um, he's someone that's had moments, you know, good moments. I want to say Clemson game. He was, he was one of the best players on the field for Miami. Um, and you want that size and that depth and that maturity, physical maturity at defensive tackle. So, so that's a loss. And again, another recent addition to the portal right before we cut this. Leaving as a grad transfer, so a little different. He's he's had his time in Miami. Uh, he was part of that class of 2018, and he's just moving on to to try to find more opportunities. Not unlike Anessa Silvera, uh, but that's it's a depth loss. But he's someone that could have helped. I don't think Miami's surprised to lose a Jordan Miller. Uh, I think they saw that writing on the wall. Uh, another entry today. Jalen Knight and Rooster. Uh, this was a star player for the Miami Hurricanes last year. Someone that they thought was a building block player, key to their offense. Um, I heard in July and August that there were certain issues trying to get get more out of Rooster as far as the offseason and the work he was putting in uh, to the program. And, you know, is that true or not? You hear different things what I like to do is look at the results and we saw a guy who did not look like the same guy we saw the year before. Some of that's offensive scheme wise, the whole offense struggled. I get that, but there was some physicality missing in my opinion. And you saw that with the fumbles, he was not fumbling like that last year. That's not a scheme issue. I just thought he was too light. Didn't have the, the physical maturity that you wanted to see from year two to year three. Um, and that was disappointing. Came on at the end of the year and, and finished probably as strong as he's been, you were hoping he was going to build on that with the program. But I think the inconsistency of effort and uh, and development is is why you're seeing Knighton uh, lead the program. Next up to me, this is the biggest loss is Daryl Jackson, the defensive tackle that originally uh, transferred from Maryland to Miami and is now moving on probably to Florida State, somewhere closer to home. Uh, this was a guy that I've been raving about on the podcast compared to Raekwon Davis multiple times. I think this is an NFL player uh, on the inside. Length, size, strength, play with great effort, has some pocket push in terms of the pass rush. Uh, a stud and a, and a young player as well. Uh, I think he's been 19 the whole season, so a lot of upside still. This this one hurts. Uh, again, his mom was sick. He's from uh, that North Florida area, and Havana, Florida, and not Little Havana. This is Havana, Florida up north country kid uh you know i've always said miami has trouble with country kids because it's just such a different environment to bring them in and they get homesick there's culture clashes things just don't work so uh this is a kid that i just i don't think it was ever a fit off the field on the field the guy was terrific um but i just it didn't work and one of the bad things about the portal is you know before a kid would get homesick he couldn't leave because he'd have to sit out a year he'd stay put and then He'd, he'd like it. You know, DJ Williams was like that. Uh, now with the portal, you can leave. Now Jackson already transferred, so he's not necessarily given the automatic waiver, but his mom's sick. You can see him getting a waiver potentially and then playing next year. Uh, this is the loss. Really, the rest of the losses, you know, understandable and you, you can you can stomach. This one, this is a real subtraction for the program that needs to get filled uh, with a very positive addition. Um and it's going to take some NIL money because these defensive tackles do not grow on trees. Uh, some more folks, uh, Isaiah Dunson, 
just never had a cornerback leaving the program, just never had the speed. Uh, he's someone that ran a very slow, verified 40, but had a high, a very high long jump. And the hope was that his explosiveness in the long jump would translate as he got stronger. He never really got stronger. He always was skinny and he wasn't fast. So you had a guy that was skinny and not fast. That's a bad combo. You're hoping he, the muscle would come on and the explosive jumping would come, uh, turn into to more speed and just never happened that way with Dunson. Um, so he's someone that probably going more at the G five level, uh, Keyshawn Smith really shows some flashes kick returning this year, but ne- never clicked with, with coach Gaddis and the consistency was not there uh, on the field. You saw his mom tweeting about Gaddis saying that Gaddis was too critical of the offense. Obviously Gaddis's results have been extremely subpar. So uh, that was tough, and he he has talent. It's not someone you necessarily want to lose, but you want to improve on that position from a receiving standpoint. Very good kick returner, though. Keyshawn with Smith will be a loss in that respect. Al Blades, uh, you know, more of that graduate transfer again, similar to Jordan Miller class of 2018. Uh, sad to see that he didn't finish his career as promising as it started. This was a guy that's you know Kane royalty with the Blades name. He has good film from earlier in his career, uh, just never clicked. I think the problem with him is he's not the most physical tackler in the world. So you have a big, what should be a big physical cornerback or maybe even a safety like his fa- like his family, like his dad and his uncle, but he didn't have the physicality as a tackler that you'd want either as a, as a safety or even as a physical cornerback. That was probably, he was probably a less than average tackler despite having a, a very strong physical body for that position. I think that's sort of what doomed him there. Uh, DJ Abbey had similar issues, um, but I think that's that was really the problem with Al Blades. Uh, Vontae Williams, a highly touted safety, number one safety in the country coming in, was a huge flip or recruiting victory over Florida. Obviously had the domestic violence uh, arrest early in his career, which created some problems. Had a neck injury, which set him out for a year. You know, a lot going on with Vontae. You finally get him on the field and didn't really click. Uh, I think discipline with him as far as on the field uh, did not tackle well, despite being a, a physically talented striker, you know, the guy could pop you. He just, he, he, he missed too many tackles his time on the field. If you watch, if you just isolate him when he played, he really did not play well this year. I know he, maybe he could have played more. There were a lot of issues on the team. Um, hopefully he finds his stride somewhere else. Um, but watch him play this year really was a little bit disappointing because he had moments in the spring. He looked like he was going to be in that safety rotation with James Williams and Cam Kitchens, and he was all throughout spring and fall. But then towards the end, his playing time dropped a little bit, played really, really poorly in that Bethune-Cookman game, and I think he just kind of lost some trust uh, at that back line of the defense. Cam Kitchens obviously emerged, but you're hoping to see him play more, maybe move James Williams up. Never happened. Uh, So that's a disappointing Disappointing loss, and you're seeing the class of 2020 with some of these highly rated guys that Miami signed. Uh, disappointing. Um, Keyshawn Washington, sort of a big safety, big slow safety, light linebacker. Uh, you know, didn't really have the talent, I don't think, to play at Miami out of high school. Um, poor senior year, kind of an early bloomer. Uh, not surprised that he he ended up being a washout. He was sort of towards the bottom and trending downwards of his class. Uh, Jalen Harrell, a big corner. Slow, uh, not that physical at safety. I think that's what doomed him. You're seeing similar with Gilbert Frierson who's another portal guy. These guys are probably too slow to play corner, not necessarily physical enough to go down in the box, even though they have the body type for it. I think that's what doomed them just being those, that tweener without the, without the speed and really without the physicality to match their size. Uh, Alan Hay, undersized defensive tackle um, class of 2021, just didn't have the tools uh, for Miami and 
You talk about Joshua Horton, who we'll talk about later with Coach Grimes. Totally different body types. Horton looks like an SEC player. Uh, Moten, yeah, Ahmad Moten, who Miami signed last year, looks more like that big-time player body-wise. Uh, hey, you look at him, and he just does not look like what you want to see uh, at Miami in terms of his size. Um, and I think that's really what doomed him because he's not a super athlete either. So you have a small, not that great athlete at defensive tackle. Uh, doesn't That's someone you want coming off the bus. Morrow's trying to change the body types on this team. Avery Huff, someone that looked really exciting out of high school class in 2019 in St. Thomas. This was a guy that could rush the passer. He was fast. He was a former receiver, had a lot of athleticism. He could cover as well. So you're hoping for him to be a versatile piece. But I think the mental part of the game never really clicked for him. Um, although on paper, he had it all. was a good special teams player as well. Uh, Bobby Washington in this recruiting class has a lot of physical characteristics similar to Huff. You hope he brings more of a of an instinctual uh, approach to the game and, and, and catches on a little faster mentally. Uh, Elijah Roberts, you know, talented player. Uh, I like him. I think he has a chance to be a good player. His next stop defensive end, defensive tackle never really grew into that defensive tackle body. Like a lot of us thought. So he was more of your big, not super dynamic defensive end fell behind an Nigel Lee Kelly fell behind an, uh, Akeem Mesidor, Agude, uh, Jafari Harvey. He was, those guys were more athletic than him. And he didn't have necessarily the, the strength and the size filled in to play the tackle. So some tweener stuff there, but I think he's a good player and has a chance. Thad Franklin, the running back, similar to Rooster, this is a guy that has all the talent in the world, needs to put more effort in. And you've heard that consistently about him as he got on campus. And people say, well, this is just sour grapes after the fact. Well, look at their bodies. You know, Rooster did not look like someone who'd been lifting a lot of weights. Thad Franklin didn't look like someone who was necessarily – skipping a lot of meals, you know, he was too heavy. And with Rooster, the the lack of strength hurt his play. With Thad Franklin, the lack of explosiveness hurt his play. He's never going to be the fastest guy to begin with, but he's faster than he played. Um, but he was just so heavy that the explosiveness wasn't there. And he's not the toughest guy in the world anyways for his size. So put all that together, you have a disappointing player on the field. You saw the film this year, didn't play well. Um, someone I loved out of high school. I thought he had a chance to be really, really good, but work ethic, um, conditioning, things of that nature really did him in. And he could still have a chance to turn around his next spot. And I think that's the issue with that. Franklin, um, and look, there's more to come. That's the, those are the guys that have left. Uh, there's more to come. Unfortunately, this part of the game, Miami just needs to make sure that they replace. I think really, in terms of replacing these guys I just listed, Daryl Jackson is a starter. Jordan Miller is a backup. You need to replace that size. Those were big physical guys that were hard to move. You need to replace that size in the portal. You're not going to do that with, with high school kids. You need grown men to replace those grown men. Everything else I listed, I think you'll be able to replace, but those two will be tough. We've talked enough about people that are leaving. Let's talk about somebody who's coming in, Joshua Horton, Miami's newest defensive tackle commit. We are going to bring on Coach Corey Grimes out of Shambly High School, and uh, he'll give you the in-person scouting report on uh, Miami's newest defensive tackle it's december mario cristobal is out there recruiting trying to put some presence under the canes fans trees but if you want to really make canes fans happy on christmas caneswear and caneswear.com they got everything you want in terms of apparel hats jerseys they even have christmas ornaments want to decorate your tree this weekend head down to caneswear or order online at caneswear.com you get your stuff, make a, the tree looking great. Canes, colors, all different kinds of things. Miami Dolphins, 
gear. You want to support a winning program uh, for the season. They got all those kind of jerseys. You're talking about hats, um, just unique items, you know, pictures. Uh, I got a really cool picture of the Orange Bowl there. Just different kind of things that you can get at Canes where it's really a, a heaven for a South Florida sports fan. Inner Miami, if you're into the soccer, catching the soccer bug with the World Cup, they got that gear. Um, you know, you'll end up spending a lot, but you'll get a lot because the prices are very affordable and uh, you're just going to want to keep adding on because you're going to see stuff that you're not seeing anywhere else. Caneswear and caneswear.com, the best in the business for South Florida sports. All right, we are here with a old school Canes Insight contributor. You may know him as Corey Grindtime, a.k.a. Coach Corey Grimes. He's at Shambly High School in North Atlanta coaching wide receivers and special teams. And he got some eyeballs on Miami's newest defensive tackle commit, Joshua Horton, this week. So he's going to break down his game for us. Corey, how you doing? Doing great, man. It's it's great to be back on Kane's Insight. Yeah, man. You know, we, we need some Southern accents on here, especially <laughs> during recruiting season when you're trying to get some defensive tackles. So talk to me. What do you see from Joshua? Who are they playing? You know, break it down. What, what do you see out there? Um, yeah, so it was the uh, semifinal game uh, in the Class 6A, the second highest classification in Georgia, uh, Langston Hughes versus Rome at Lakewood Stadium in Atlanta. Um, you know, Lang- Langston Hughes is, is one of the top teams in the state, if not the most talented team in the state of Georgia. So, you know, it was it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I was down there on the sideline, so I got to see him up close and personal. You know, Coach Salavea was down there on the sideline, too, along with just Power 5 coaches, college coaches, lining the sidelines. I mean, um, other team they played, Rome, had a couple big-time players, too. So it it was a big, big big-time atmosphere, a lot of talent on the field. I got to see Horton up close. I mean, first thing is, you know, the the size. I mean, he's an imposing guy, all the 6'5", 280. Um, no BS there. So you, that's the first thing you see him. You're like, wow, that's, that's a big boy. Uh, glad we didn't have to see any guys like that this year. Um, yeah. So just the size and, and then, you know, you, he made his impact felt right away. First third down of the game, uh, gets pressure up the middle, beats the first guy running back, tries to chip him. He had no shot, gets a sack fumble, uh, first, first third down of the game. So, they were already already calling his name, so I was like, "All right, well, there he is," you know. So you know he's big, but he's he's athletic. He's got a good burst uh, coming off the ball for a guy of that size, and you know he just made his presence felt right away. Uh, uh, big time hustle guy, like he he's not watching. Like if he ain't getting there right away, he's gonna chase you down. He's gonna run to the ball. Um, just just a big time athlete for that size. Really, really impressed with how he moved. I mean, there's another play that stood out to me where he got pressure out the middle right away. He likes that swim move, got through, and then chased down the quarterback outside the numbers. Didn't get the sack, but got the hit on the quarterback, forced the pressure, and it turned into an interception. So, you know, a guy that big making a play all the way out by the sideline is 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 really impressive. So, you know, one thing with defensive tackles, I've seen – I've gone to games and you see defensive tackle and he'll have three plays. It'll go on the huddle and you'll say, this guy's unbelievable. But if you're at the game, all the in-between plays, especially a guy with talent and size, taking plays off, 
bad body language, you know, everything in between the splash plays doesn't look so good. How do he look just in terms of his attitude, demeanor, the way he played consistently? Uh, I mean, he's bringing it every play. Um, I will, I will say Langston Hughes, I mean, they're loaded. So their coaches do a really good job of rotating their guys, keeping them fresh, you know? So there's times where they'll do a complete line change and bring in three, four new guys after a few plays. So they get to keep them fresh. So you don't really see any fall off in his game later on in the game. You know, he's bringing it. And if he's not, <laughs> they're going to take him out, but you, you don't see him take plays off. Like I said, like, even if the play, is down the field, a screen or whatever, a pass down the field, he's going to turn around and he's going to run to the ball, you know. So they're clear, clearly well coached and just a hard-nosed kid, brings energy. Um, no, He's not a big, lazy guy at all. I did not see him take a playoff. And in terms of body type, you mentioned 6'5", 280. Is he looking like, you know, a, a, a young 280, meaning the weight's going to come on, or you think he's going to settle in in that range? I think that – I really don't think he's going to need to necessarily put on more weight. I would say that he's just probably going to tighten up a little bit, you know, get rid of some of that baby fat. And, you know, he's not, he's not, it's not like he's a guy who's got a big belly hanging over his belt. You know what I mean? He's, he, he definitely could tighten up, you know, he's a high school kid, but I don't think, I don't think he's the type that really needs to put on a whole lot more weight. I mean, he might put on 10, 15 more pounds, you know, when he gets to college, but like size wise, he's already big enough to, you know, make an impact at the next level. Just, you know, get stronger, tighten up, get, you know, get rid of that baby fat. All right. So, listen, you're in the Atlanta area. You're in Georgia. You've seen SEC-level defense alignment. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, Jalar Hawley, who you get and, you know, not quite – when you see him, he doesn't quite measure up to what you're seeing when you watch SEC on CBS, right? That's kind of my measure for defensive tackles. Some people don't like it. They say, oh, SEC, whatever. SEC is where you go for defensive tackles, in my opinion. Right. So you've seen those dudes. There's some of those, there's, you know, these were not teams that, these were not small teams that played on Friday. These are big time teams. So how does he measure up at that level? I mean, that's, he, he fits right in. He fits right in. You know, he's he's got the size, got the length, and he's got the burst. I mean, he just, you know, he, he'll fit right – he would fit right in on any SEC defensive line just as far as the way he looks and how he plays, the type of prospect he is. He's definitely that type of guy. Now, I, I was trying to – you know, before I got on here, I was trying to think of a like a comparison, you know, um, not necessarily an SEC guy, but an NFL guy. The one came to me was Stephon Tewitt, a guy, you know, plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played for Notre Dame, actually played high school football in Georgia. Um, you know, six six guy. I, I think, like frame wise, prospect wise, that's kind of kind of how I see his game. Kind of like that three four D D E that could also be a D T if you're going four man mm -hmm. front. That that sort of body type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Did you see to it in high school? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, you. Uh, I, I like the comp though. I, I see it. I see it body type wise. Absolutely. Obviously, if that turns out even half as good as this guy was, this guy's an impact player at the professional level. Went to Notre Dame and did his thing. All right, Corey. So we talked about you know kind of the the motor and the way he plays. One thing I like about seeing guys live is you get a feel for just them. I don't say as people, but just they're kind of their playing mentality. You see how they interact on the sideline. I mean, some guys, you just say, that man, this guy's just nasty, mean dude. This guy's a loafer. You mentioned, Ray, this guy's got good effort. Like, did you glean anything from just watching him and observing him throughout the game? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's about him and really the whole team. I mean, they're just nasty, like, play with an edge. Like, they're trying to punish you and make you make you feel them. And, uh, you know, you could tell that's that's the way they're coached over there at Langston Hughes. So I got a ton of respect for them. Um, so he that, that shined through his game and everybody else's game on, on that team. They're just – they were just trying to punish dudes and make them feel them. And they play with an edge. They play with a swagger, you know, like they expect to, to dominate. And, and that's what they did. And that's what he did. So uh, hopefully that, that that translates to, to the next level. No, that's uh, that's exciting, man. And now Miami got another commit from Atlanta area. Marcellius Pulliam, linebacker Sandy Creek. I know you didn't get to watch him play in person, but you've seen him warming up on the field. You know, you got the body type eyeball on him so how would you describe him physically from what you saw up close yeah just you know just got the length man like long arms all of six three you know scratch scratching his knees standing up so i didn't get to see him play a whole lot i just know sandy creek produces big time players all the time and uh you know the length definitely stood out to me when i got to see him briefly Poor man, you know, we appreciate having you. We always like when you when you contribute on Kane's Inside. I know you're coaching kids up, coach up Ed Reed's kid, right? Yeah, we got Ed Reed, uh, Edward Reed Jr., a freshman at, at Shambly. He's got a big, big time upside, excited about his future. Uh, it's cool seeing seeing old Eddie Kane around around Shambly coming to games and, and all that. That's that's really cool, you know, as a guy who's a big Miami fan and always been. Every fans just seeing him is kind of in that setting is kind of crazy, but uh, it's really cool to have him around. What's the what's the early scouting report on uh on Edward Reed? Man, it, it's crazy. This is his first year, you know, playing tackle football, but you, you see you see flashes of of what he can do. You know, just making plays just off instincts and doing stuff in practice that that really excites you. So. You know, is he safety? Is he receiver? Where you got him at? He's been playing safety and, and receiver. Uh, you know, just trying to get his feet wet, seeing what he can do. There's a, he and there's a group of freshmen at Shambly that have a ton of upside that we're really excited about. If they stick with it and put in the work. We we should be we should be good. Awesome, man. Hey, grind time. Appreciate it. And uh, you know, Miami's doing some work in, in Atlanta, so. So keep an eye on these guys and keep filling us in. We appreciate it. No doubt. Hopefully we don't have to play against too many of them. But uh, it's a, yeah, no doubt. It's always once I'm Kane's insight, always Kane's insight. So anyway, I can help and and uh, be around. I'm all for it, and I really appreciate you having me back on. It feels good. Yeah, man. No, it was a pleasure, man. Take it easy. Go Canes. Yes, sir. All right, now we always like to go into the Canes Inside community and get some questions. Over 6 million posts on the forum. Twitter's popping. Canes.inside Instagram. A lot of uh, opportunities to engage with, with the community. So take some questions. And, you know, this week, I would say 90% of the questions were, is Gaddis staying? Um, listen, I've been saying it consistently, and I'm not going to change now. I think he's gone. That's based on what I'm told. And, look, coaching changes have been – Hard to, to peg lately. Um, Cristobal didn't keep, you know, Cristobal kept a lot of secrets last time. He didn't really leak a lot out. There, most 
of the insiders were in the dark on what was happening. I think a lot of people in the building were in the dark. So, you know, as far as hard, solid info, I don't know. People that are involved are telling me there's going to be major changes. People that need to hear that there are going to be major changes are hearing there's going to be major changes. Cristobal went on the radio and said, systems that worked at other places very well did not work here. I mean, what do you think he's talking about? So do you think right now no one's gotten fired? Do you think this entire staff is going to return next year? I mean, is that logical? I'm telling you based on everything that I know in common sense, Josh Gaddis, I expect him to be gone. Could I be wrong? Yeah. I would bet if someone wants to bet me, <laughs> send me a private message on Kane's inside. We can do a bet. I am very confident that Josh Gaddis will be gone. I could be wrong, but common sense says he is gone. And when Cristobal is talking about changing systems that worked at other places, that's what he's talking about. All right. So cutting through the million of Gaddis questions, uh, Herbie to God wants to know, uh, we knew there'd be a large roster turnover. This thing is bigger than expected. Um, Look, I talked to somebody over there, and they said this is this is more than they expected, not just players leaving, but what's available on the portal market. So it's crazier than even they thought it might be. Uh, but I think that's ultimately going to be good. It's going to be a buyer's market for a team that's trying to reshape its roster. Obviously, Daryl Jackson, that's a tough one that you're going to have to replace. But in general, it is going to be a buyer's market, particularly positions like receiver, uh, where Miami needs significant help. So, yeah, it's crazier than expected, but I think that's probably a good thing. The number I always heard was 35. As far as coming in, uh, could be a little more. When you see a guy like Marcelli is pulling and get added, that's a sign that this class might be a little bigger than they expect because they're still very confident in a lot of targets. So he's not replacing anybody. He's just sort of adding on. Um, and that should tell you something about where this class might go in terms of numbers. Plus, there's the portal. Uh, G-Reg third leg on Twitter wants to know, uh, will we have enough players to field a team next year? Again, 35 coming in. So that's the number I'm looking at. Could be even higher based on some of the moves they're making and recruiting. I thought 25 and 10, maybe the class gets as high as 28 and then still 10 in the portal. They'll be flexible because some players like a Brandon Ennis, you know, guys like that, they're not going to be turned down. So you win a couple of those battles, you're going to add on. Uh, so yes, Miami's going to be adding a lot of players right now. It's the bad news of people leaving. There's going to be a lot of good news coming back as far as people being added. Uh, Roland Gordon wants to know Samson, we get yay or nay, Samson Okalola. Uh, I feel very confident in that one. Not done till it's done, but uh, that's another one. If I had to bet, I'd probably bet more on Gaddis being God, but I would I would bet on, on Samson uh, being in Miami. I think they feel very, very good on that one, as good as they felt. Little Brian 305 wants to know, would Ed Reed want to coach defensive backs or safeties? Look, I think we're trying to get past the all-star staff and get past the guys that are just going to be on the same page and do the right thing. We talked about it last week. The best safety play we saw at Miami in a long time was Coach Banda. Guys got better. Guys went from underachievers to NFL players under his tutelage. They tackled, uh, and he had no reputation. So I think we're trying to get away from that big-name sort of thing, at, particularly at defensive backs, and get back to communication, fundamentals, and improvement. Uh, so I think if, if Miami does make a change at defensive backs, Coach, it should be more in that direction where everybody's on the same page on the back end. All right, we're about to take this to the bank. But first, you want to fill up your bank, go to Underdog Fantasy app, 
Daily Fantasy, the best in the business. Use promo code CIS when you sign up or use the link on the website, canesinsight.com. You get a $100 match on your deposit. That's free money you can play with right away. Fade my picks, go with my picks. You know, I've been pretty good lately. Let's see what happens. I got Garrett Wilson over 64 and a half receiving yards. Deshaun Watson over 266 and a half. I think it's like MJ. He came in rusty the first game. He put a 55 the second game of his comeback. Watson over 266 and a half. Dak Prescott over 238 and a half against Houston Texans. Like those picks, pick them. Don't like them, fade them or make your own. Draft a team, underdog fantasy. Promo code CIS for the $100 free match. All right. Now we're going to the bank. And first order business in the bank. We'll talk about the transfer portal. Obviously, new names coming in and out every day. It's not done as far as names coming in. Uh, but I wanted to focus on the wide receiver position. That's a position Miami needs a lot of help in. And the number I'm hearing uh, wide receiver-wise with the Miami Hurricanes is five. Not from the portal, five total. So you got two commits. You got Ray Ray Joseph from Edison, and you got uh, Robbie Washington from Palmetto. You're going to add three more to that mix. Now, if you add another high school kid, and the two names to watch there, obviously Brandon Innes, the prize out of American Heritage, the five-star, or Micah Mays, the rising prospect out uh, of Benjamin High School in Palm Beach. You add one of those two, now you got three high school kids. You'll take two portal most likely. You only get the two high school kids you already have, Ray Ray Joseph and Robbie Washington, then look to add potentially three portal kids. Now, two kids already have offers. Uh, from the Miami Hurricanes as far as wide receivers. So you were talking about uh, Dante Cephas, who is from Kent State, and you were talking about Andrew Armstrong, the 6-6 deep threat from Texas A&M Commerce. Cephas originally from Pittsburgh, Armstrong originally from Dallas, Texas. Uh, These are two guys that have been highly productive, you know, seasons over 1,000 yards. Miami's already seen what they need to see from them and offered them. Miami's not going to be super quick to offer people in the portal because they want to evaluate, they want to dig in. You don't want to say you're trying to clean the roster and purge, and then you bring in guys that might need purging for other reasons. So they're evaluating and really studying some guys. Uh, three names to watch a wide receiver that I would keep an eye on and are being evaluated. Dante Thornton, a 6'5", track guy, originally from Baltimore, top 60 player. Mario signed him out of high school, was at Oregon. Uh, the stats don't blow you away, but the last few games of this season really, really came on strong. Had over 140 yards against Utah and has multiple catches over 40 yards uh, both seasons. He is a steep threat. Think like a Tommy Streeter type as far as going down the field uh, and stretching the field. Probably more jump ball talent than a Streeter. This is a guy with upside to be an NFL player if it comes together. Obviously, Mario knows him well. He recruited him. So keep an eye on Dante Thornton uh, from Oregon. Trayshawn Holden, starter for Alabama this year, originally from Kissimmee, Florida. You know, 6'2", 215, a big body guy uh, that they like what he can do. He's someone that's being evaluated closely, as well as Grant DuBose, who is originally from Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, has put up tremendous numbers at Charlotte. So Dante Thornton, Trayshawn Holden, Grant DuBose being evaluated. Armstrong and Cephas already offered. Those are the names to know now in the portal but there's still more to come and they're monitoring that closely as far as wide receiver additions could be as many as three, depending on what happens uh, at the high school level. Now, speaking of the high school level, uh, just in terms of taking the temperature, it's a lot of recruiting left to happen. Uh, but in terms of you ask me, who do I think Miami has the most traction in, in terms of recruiting right now, high school, uh, I'd say Samson, you know, feeling very, very strong there. You heard his high school coach say that Samson already knows where he wants to go. Um, my feeling on that is that would be Miami at this point. 
A lot can happen. And there's been surprises. But I think Miami's in an excellent spot with Samson, Okanlola, Ruben Bain. They have never been in a better spot. Turmoil at Auburn, coaching turnover. Louisville, those were other contenders. Uh, Miami's locking in that last official visit with Ruben Bain. He's announcing at a state championship game December 16th. I think Miami is trending very, very well with Ruben Bain. And that's all Cristobal with that personal connection and that push with him personally. Uh, Conrad Hussey, we've been talking about for a while. I think Miami's trending in a good direction there to add him to the safety class. Uh, a name that I'm not ready to say, you know, Miami's leading or anything like that. They need to get him on campus, but keep a very close eye on a Noetta out of Texas. This is Michigan's highest rated commit. Uh, close, close friends with Collins Akipong, both from Ghana. Uh, I think Miami is having good conversations with him, and that is something that's a situation to monitor. Uh, Damar Brown, uh, Miami is doing good work there as well. And then, you know, this is a guy that I think if you ask me who is the most underrated player in terms of, you know, how good they'll be, that's up for evaluate. You know, that evaluation is different depending who you ask. But in terms of what Miami feels about a player and comparing that to maybe the hype they get on the board, the disparity is biggest with Stan Quan Clark, the linebacker at a central. There's people in Miami that think he's better than the four linebackers Miami already has. And he, you know, in the class, including some very, very highly rated guys. Stan Quan Clark is considered a big-time player. He's a four-star player on the composite, low four-star. Uh, but I think He's rated higher than that internally, especially after an extremely good season at Central. He was a guy, safety linebacker, tweener at Killian, really came on strong at Central. Miami's going to recruit the hell out of him. Uh, committed to Louisville. Louisville's coach just left for Cincinnati. So he's wide open. He was talking about maybe pushing it back to February. Miami doesn't want that. They're going to put the heat on him. Didn't recruit him as hard initially. Again, his junior film was not that great. They probably wish they did, considering what he developed into. Uh, but they're going to be recruiting him extremely hard. And usually when Miami wants someone that bad, when Cristobal wants someone that bad, and there's no natural competitor, that's someone I think that Miami would love to add to this class, along with some of the folks that I just named. All right, last name, uh, Javion Cohen, the guard from Alabama, entered the portal uh, for going potential NFL draft position i've heard he's been rated as high as a top 100 pick he wants to come back and play he entered the portal um names to watch out there schools to watch out for with him usc texas and miami miami has had conversations with him miami's had good conversations with him uh that is someone that Miami would love to add on the interior and miami's going to be a player there right when he put his name in the portal i said keep an eye on miami there um he's someone that that they like so miami will be battling for Javion Cohen um, and potentially trying to add a center next to him uh, to complete that interior line and surround and then surround that with big bodies like an Ines Cooper, Jalen Rivers, you know, guys they already have on campus, Francis Malgo, potentially a Samson Okanlola. I think that's the plan. So they're going to pursue him heavily at guard, also pursuing centers. I think they would love an upgrade at that center position. So Portal's going to be hot. It's going to be changing every second. Stay tuned on Kane's Insight. Keep clicking. Keep refreshing. We will have the freshest news for you, like always. If it happens, it is on Kane's Insight immediately. It's like crack. Stay on it all day uh, until signing day and then through February.